Okay. So what we're going to now do is analyze the attributes of our soul that through them we'll be able to extrapolate and understand God's divine attributes to a certain degree. So we begin by focusing on the emotive attributes, which we know are divided into seven general categories. And all of the particular attributes that we have derive from one of these seven attributes. They're the root of all attributes. So we have the attribute of loving kindness, to give without limit, the attribute of limitation, judgment, contraction, to restrain from giving, to withhold from giving altogether. We have the attribute of compassion, which wants to pity a person to whom compassion is appropriate and to give benevolence to him, even if he's unworthy of it. Compassion is a mediating attribute between the severities, the judgments, and the kindness. Because kindness will give to all, even to someone who compassion is not appropriate because he doesn't lack anything, he's not in trouble. So the attribute of kindness is unlimited in desiring to give, even to someone who lacks nothing. The attribute of compassion, because it's also compounded of judgment, doesn't want to give indiscriminately, but wants to give to a person who one could pity, even if he's unworthy. So compassion is the mediating attribute between the kindness and the judgment, and that's why it's called beauty. Just like with the analogy of beautiful garments, that there are many colors blended together, that's beauty. If a garment has just one color, it's not beauty, because beauty means the beauty of harmony. So compassion, which is compounded of kindness and severity, judgment, beauty is appropriate. Now, when we have, through this combination of kindness, of judgment, of compassion, of beauty, that we're going to give, we have to think how to give in the best way for the person to absorb it. For example, let's say now that I'm going to go through an example to show the function of these various divine attributes inside our own soul. Let's say someone wants to teach an intellectual subject to a son. If you just give it over to him in its totality, the son won't be able to understand it. Maybe the concept is too abstract and subtle, needs to become more tangible for the son. Maybe the concept is too comprehensive and diverse. It needs to be broken down into digestible segments for the son. So the person has to take this concept and arrange it in an order and a context that will work for the son. Little by little, breaking it down and making it digestible. So once you went through the traits of kindness, judgment, and compassion to reach the point that, yes, we are going to give this over to the sun, now we have the next two attributes called netza, victory, and hod, which I've translated as, as glory. And these attributes are compared to kidneys and also to the testicles that prepare the sperm. So in other words, we're taking, so to speak, we can understand the idea of like a, metaphorically, just like a drop comes from the brain, and then through these body parts, it gets changed from something much more um, subtle, much more tenuous, 
but through the kidneys and the testicles, it becomes more concrete and corporeal. So that's what we're doing with this concept. The concept in the father's brain is very subtle, very intellectual. But through these two attributes, we're going to change it to become less subtle and more concrete so the son's mind can absorb it. That's one aspect of these two attributes of Nesach, victory, and hold glory, these emotions, and how they are going to take the concept and make it more concrete. Something else they do is take a concept and separate it into its various components. And that way, we have a different metaphor for them. They're called the grinders and the millstones because they're going to grind down the concept just as if you would have wheat that's being ground with a millstone to be crumbled into very fine parts. So too, the father needs to take this intellectual subject he wants to teach his son and divide it into many parts to relate it to him gradually in a way that he'll be able to understand it and absorb it. Then we're going to, then the Rebbe focuses on just Netzach victory and says this victory means we have to stand up against anything within or without that's going to try to withhold him from giving his son this knowledge. Now, why would there be opposition from within? Well, he has that attribute of judgment, of severity inside of him that could say, oh, the son's not fit for this yet. He's not deserving of it. At this point in the Tanya, it says something's missing because this remembers a letter the author wrote. And the letter wasn't directly from the original letter put into the Tanya. This was from copyist manuscripts. So it seems something's missing here. One, because the Rebbe only speaks of standing up from the inside forces that would prevent you from giving knowledge to your son. And the Rebbe doesn't speak about the seemingly stronger issue, which is the outside forces that you have to be victorious over. So that could be what's missing. And also the Rebbe only focuses on the, if we're focusing individually on each trait, on the trait of victory, netzach. He doesn't focus on the other trait, hold glory, so perhaps he did and we don't have it. What we have next is the next trait, which is Yisod, foundation. And foundation is the bond that the father is binding his intellect to the intellect of the son, teaching him with love and willingness, with pleasure, with a real desire for the son to absorb the learning. Meaning, if a person is teaching, but not really invested as he wants the person to understand it, the person's not going to understand it as well. When he has this powerful drive that I want the son to, I want to connect to my son in this way. I want him to understand this. The greater the desire and the pleasure of the father in giving this over to the son, the greater he'll be able to convey the information, the more the son will be able to absorb what his father is communicating. Because the more you have this desire and pleasure, delight, then your insight is heightened. You can give the enlightenment to your son and teach him in the strongest way possible, in the way that he'll most be able to absorb it. So we just went through the six emotional attributes. Kindness, judgment, compassion, victory, glory, and foundation. All of these are the external aspects of the soul. 
because within them are the inner attributes of each of these six elements. For example, kindness, the inner aspect of kindness is love. Kindness is its external manifestation. Similarly, the inner aspect of judgment is fear. And the contraction and the withholding is the outer manifestation of it. So because I love my son so much, that's the inner aspect, this is going to be expressed in my kindness and desire to give him this information. Because I fear lest my son come to some downfall, this is expressed in my desire to withhold the instruction. All remaining emotive attributes are offshoots of love or fear, and each one of them also has, as we're saying, these inner and outer aspects. Now, all of these emotions come from the three intellectual attributes, the seminal wisdom, understanding, and connectivity, chachmabin and das of the soul, because our emotive traits are in proportion to our intellect, as we see with a child, because his intellect is very small, is very petty. All of his emotions are also, you know, triggered by very insignificant things. As one matures in age and understanding, your emotional traits aspire to more worthy goals. And with adults, the emotional traits are developed in proportion to the intellect. So the extent of your love and kindness corresponds to the extent of your seminal wisdom. And all the other inner and external emotive traits have their source in your intellect. And the most important one of the three intellectual faculties in terms of developing the emotions is the third one, das, connectivity. In other words, we have seminal wisdom. So the thinker first grasps the essence of a concept through that seminal flash. That's the seminal wisdom. Then you understand it fully by means of analyzing and amplifying that bina, understanding. But then you have to immerse yourself in concentration on the concept Binding and unifying yourself to the point that it's not just intellectual comprehension, you're experiencing it. And that is das, connectivity. And this faculty of connectivity is most critical in the development of emotions. Because the more you connect to the idea, you, the more naturally emotions are produced. 